Welcome to Lighthouse Chapel International, Columbus, Ohio. We invite you to discover the life-changing anointed word of God as you listen to this message by Reverend Gilbert Asamoah. Reverend Gilbert Asamoah is a well-seasoned minister who serves as the General Overseer of the Raccoon Diocese in Lighthouse Chapel International, USA. Founded by Bishop Dag Heward Mills with over 1,800 branches worldwide. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. We are living in interesting times and as you know, our nation is passing through a very interesting gate. And, you know, many things have been said, but, you know, um, I am I, I am getting the impression of the heart of God that no matter which way it goes, we need to learn to place our faith in him. Amen. And we need to trust that this last this last execution of the Great Commission is going to be done by the Spirit and through the Spirit. And so, uh, regardless of what happens, let's have faith that God will be the winner in the end. Amen. Amen. You know, you know when um, when uh, uh, Joshua was about to lead the people of God into the Promised Land after Moses had died, um, I believe. I believe uh, I don't know whether they had they were yet at the, uh, uh, they had yet crossed the Jordan or not, but we know Moses had died at that time. And then the Bible says the angel of the host of the Lord appeared, and he had a sword drawn. And Joshua asked him a question: Are you with us, or you are with our adversaries? And he answered, I am neither with you nor with your adversaries. But as the captain of the host of the Lord, have I now come? Mm. So, so it's like he has come as the captain of the host of the Lord. Not with this or with that, but he has come to take over. Hallelujah. Amen. So we, Amen. we need to trust that God will take over the circumstance, Amen. no matter what happens with the outcome of the election. And, and trust our life into his care. And trust our life into his care. You know, back in the day, I remember a co-worker, uh, an American uh, lady, Caucasian, she, she said a certain uh, president who was in power, that uh, he said if he wins a second time, she's going to move to Canada. But <laughs> this lady is, is, is living right here in Columbus, and she didn't move to Canada. So that's what people say. But in the end, let's trust that God is in control. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And if you're... If your candidate wins, I still want to tell you that still place your trust in God. Uh, place your trust in God so that you'll be able to fulfill the fullness of God's de destiny for you. Beautiful. So we're going Amen. to continue on the series. Faith is to stagger not. Faith Amen. is to stagger not. Don't stagger. You know? Yes, don't stagger. And, and I like the fact that Sister Felicia went to do a... Uh, uh, research on what the word means. Amen. Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I mean, I don't know about you, but English was not my original language. Amen. It's not my native tongue. Even though Me they started too. teaching us with English from, I think, class one or class two, but, you know, I mean, from time to time, you see that you have to control yourself that you don't slip into your native language. Because <laughs> the reality is that 
you think in your native language and you articulate it in English. So yeah. you have to forgive us if we do that from time to time. Hallelujah. Amen. So, Amen. so this is what I also found out when I Googled. Stagger is to, the, the verb form is to walk or to move unsteadily as if about to fall. To walk or move unsteadily as if about to fall. Okay. And then um, I, I looked in the Old Testament canon to find out instances where staggering was used. And so I found two places. The first place is in Isaiah, uh, maybe I'll start with Psalms. Psalms 107 and verse number 21 to 31. It's a whole passage, but I think there's a message there. So Psalms 107 and verse 21, it says, Oh, the man will give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving. When the, it says, oh, it means I wish. Oh, the man will give thanks. I wish man will give thanks. Remember when we read about Abraham, the Bible said he gave thanks to God in the midst of uh, his faith still growing. He gave thanks to God. But it says, oh, uh, Psalms 107 verse 21. Oh, the man will give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. Those who go down to the sea in ships, who do business on great waters, they see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he commands and raises the stormy wind, which lifts up the waves of the sea. They mount up to the heavens. They go down again to the depths. They are so melt because of trouble. Listen to this, verse 27. They reel, they reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man. Mm -hmm. They stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. Then they cry out to the Lord in their trouble and he brings them out of their distresses. He calms the storm so that its waves are still. Then they are glad because they are quiet. So he guides them to their desired heaven. Oh, the man will give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. So the verse that begins in the passage I read, also the same thing that ends. And so from the beginning is inviting us to give thanks to the Lord and to praise him and to worship him in spite of what is happening. And it begins to describe the journey, the journey for the person that the journey for the person that is giving thanks to the Lord in the midst of giving thanks to the Lord and walking with the Lord he said there is there is a, there is a line there's a what do you call it a, a series of things that happen there are there are there are great wonders that they see but then there is also storms that they witness and there comes a time it says in verse 27 they begin to reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man you see the thing that I gather from this passage is that a picture of staggering is like a drunken person. When a, a person is drunk, you see staggering. So the definition that both myself and Felicia found, that you waver, you cannot go steadfastly. That staggering is what? Coming from drunkenness. Do you get it? That's why, you know, 
the 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 drunkenness test on the highway when when they pull somebody over and they draw a line if you cannot go a straight line it's it's, it's like it's like it's the initial test that you have you have some alcohol in you amen so what this means is that if we are supposed to stagger not it means that we are not supposed to be drunken with the wrong wine. Because back in Ephesians, we learned, be not drunk with wine, but instead be filled with the spirit. Now that um, dichotomy, that difference, that opposite, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit. Well, you are going to be drunk on something. You're going to be drunk on something. And, and, and the alternative is either you are drunk on wine or you are drunk on the spirit. Hallelujah. Now, now, sometimes when we say the spirit, when we say the spirit, be drunk on the spirit, people have some type of out of this world picture, but, but the practical way of being drunk on the spirit is yielding to the word of God and allowing the word of God guide you. Like the, 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 the compass of your life, what is guiding you is the word of God, that God has said something. God has said something about your life. God has said something about the situation. God has said something about your calling. God has said something about your health. God has said something about your career. God has said something about your ministry and calling. The things God has said in his word to you, that is what is guiding you. That is when you are a spiritual person. It is not about, um, what do you call it? Uh, having a type of, a, 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 what do you call it? A, physical movement, all those are manifestations. But how many know that it's not every sickness that has a manifestation, but there's a sickness there. Mm -hmm. So also even good things, a person may be filled with the spirit, but they may not be having physical manifestation, but the, 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 the proof of it, the, the operational, visible, uh, observable aspect of working with the spirit or being drunk on the spirit, instead of being drunk on the wine of the affairs of this life is to yield to the word of God and allow that to be your light so that you basically have two choices. You have two choices before you. The choice of the visible evidence that is before you in the natural realm and then the word of God, which is spiritual. And when we look at Father Abraham, you're going to discover that he was not very different from us. And me, when I look at the Bible, I just don't look for the high points or the successful stories. You need to look at the process. Are you there? <laughs> you want to look at the process that the people went through because if we look at the process and we look at it and you can see that sometimes what we are going through is not unique to us. Because the patriarchs and the people that walk with God also went through it. Then that gives you a glimmer of hope that you are not, you know, you are not doing too terrible. Amen. Amen. It's like, it's like um, after, you know, we got married, you know, I, I thought I was the most peaceful brother um, since God created heaven and earth. I thought I was, um, you know, the one that, you know, I would never have a problem with anyone. And I, I got, we got married and then, you know, uh, disagreement and quarrels were part of it. And I was getting frustrated with myself. I mean, what, what is wrong with me? Because I'm doing everything that I think I should do. Why, why, why can't we 
be on the same page. I mean, is this marriage thing, I mean, am I cut out for it? You know, I was, because I mean, I, I, I was um, looking at myself and maybe being very hard on myself and, and saying, I mean, why can't I can't make this work? Because I, I, I don't seem to have any problem with anybody, but this situation alone. So is that something that I, I, I'm doing wrong? Until one day I attended a, a meeting, Bishop Ediadi came to New York, Manhattan to have a, a convention and I attended. And as he was preaching, he mentioned that he too has been having problems with his wife sometimes from time to time. <laughs> I said, oh, thank you dear Lord. Because then I said, if Bishop Adi is having, also having this problems, then this thing is a universal disease we are all battling through. It's not, like, it's not like there's something wrong with me. I mean, I mean, I, 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 was, I was so much comforted by hearing it coming from his mouth. Do you, do you get it? <laughs> yes, very much. So, 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 so this is the same thinking that if we go through the story of the people of God, the people that walk with God, and in their journey of faith, you see, in their journey of faith, we see that these people were not perfect, but there's something unique about them. They, they fall down and then they stand up again. They fall down and then they stand up again. They fall down and they stand up again. This is the journey of the people of God, my dear friend. And don't, so don't exclude yourself on this. That as we read about the stagger knots, don't say, well, you know, these people are doing better than me. No, the reality is that everybody is struggling just like you, only they are not telling you. Yeah. See, I'm a pastor <laughs> and I also have pastor friends. Do you get it? And we talk among ourselves. We all have basically the same problem. I'm preaching right. The war of the flesh with the war of the spirit. It is like Galatians 5, 19 says that, and the words of the flesh are evident. Then it gives a list. And Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 says, and the fruit of the spirit are this. This type of war will continue as long as we are in this flesh. But the good news is that you look at other people's life and it becomes a prophecy for you. That you choose not to condemn yourself and count yourself out. That this journey of faith, me too, is for me. Me too, I can do it. Because other people have done it. Do you get it? It's just like nursing. When my wife was going to do nursing, there's a, a, a Christian brother uh, in town who tried to discourage her. He, he said, try and find something. I forget what he mentioned. Try and find something that's nursing. You, you think you can do nursing? <laughs> you know? It was like, it's like, it's like, it's not cut out for you. Meanwhile, you don't even know her. You've, you've only known her for less than one year. But the person was very strong in his uh, in his conviction that my wife should not pursue that because many people have tried and they can't finish. And don't waste your time, try and rather take this route. Thank God my wife didn't listen to him. Do you get it? <laughs> so you, you're going to discover that there are detractors in the way. But the worst thing is that if the detractor is you yourself, when you count yourself out of the things that other people have also encountered and have overcome, hallelujah. Amen. So we're going to look at another scripture, also speaking about staggering, but it's the same message, that it is like drunkenness. It's a question of what are you going to be to get drunk on? Rather, when you are drunk by the Spirit, you will not stagger. Let's go to Isaiah 29 and verse number 11. Isaiah 29 and verse 11. 
well, maybe I went to the wrong verse. Actually, I meant verse 9. Isaiah 29 and verse number 9. It says, pause and wonder. Blind yourselves and be blind. They are drunk, but not with wine. They stagger, but not with intoxicating drink. So the prophet is describing an unusual situation. Do you get it? Yeah. The prophet is describing an unusual situation. That what you are seeing is not what is normal. What is normal is that when people are, when people are staggering, what are they staggering from? From intoxicating drink. But these people being described here, they are drunk but not with wine. Hallelujah. Not with in, from intoxicating. So, so, but, so this is similar to the language, the narrative from Psalms 107, that the staggering, when, when we are staggering in our faith, it is like we have drunk the wrong wine. Hallelujah. Man. Now, why is this important? We're going to go back to the foundation scripture passage from, from Romans, because why do we not have to stagger? Because the promise of God is standing there waiting for us. Only those, only those who do not stagger and remain strong in faith. We're going back to Romans 4, and we're going to go to that passage, Romans 4. This time we are starting from verse number 16. We are going all the way to 22. Why should we not? Is, Bishop said faith is to stagger not. Why should we not stagger? Because the promise of God, what are we going to win when we don't stagger? Well, if we stagger not and endure and persist, then we are going to inherit the promise of God. So the staggering or the invitation to stagger or to waver or to doubt or to quit or to think that this is not for me, that invitation from the enemy or from our weakness, from our flesh, is to make us miss the grand prize. Hallelujah. Amen. So we're going to read again. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the sea. You see, you see, it says that it is of faith that it might be according to grace. And then so three words to take from the first uh, sentence, faith, grace, and promise. Okay. Faith the whole journey is a journey of faith. The journey of faith brings me into the arena of grace, which means God's divine enablement. You see, grace is more than God's unmerited favor. Grace is not just favor to you. It is also help, God's help, Amen. God's gift. Do you get it? So the faith, if you persist in the faith and do not quit, it places you in the arena of grace, which is God's help, which is God's divine enablement, which is help from outside, okay? This help is the promise God is making to us. Who is God making this promise to? To all the seed. Seed means descendants. What descendants is he talking about? Descendants of Abraham, both the natural descendants, that is those who are of the law, and to those who are of the faith of Abraham, that is, those of us who are not natural descendants of Abraham. And Abraham was called the father of us all. 
We didn't descend naturally from Abraham. None of us here is a Jew. I mean, maybe if we do a DNA test, I'm sure there will be some uh, Jewish blood in you. Do you know that um, many tribes in Africa are claiming uh, descent, they descended from a Jewish blood? Okay. There, there, were, there, there are Jews in Ethiopia. And recently I heard that some people in um, uh, uh, West Africa are, are believing that they are Jews, you know? And, and, and one of the things that is cited is that because some of these uh, groups practice circumcision, it's a sign that you may have some Jewish uh, ancestry in your life. But by and large, you know, if you go somewhere uh, and say oh, you are Jewish people, they won't believe you. Mm -hmm. I mean, they won't believe you. <laughs> but the good news is that the qualification is not just by natural descent. He said, I've made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. That is what faith will give us, okay? Who, contrary to hope, in hope believe. So now the description of the journey of Abraham's faith. When I say journey, I mean the progression, the progression, okay? This is where I want us to pay attention. And this is why I, I, I brought in the the example from Bishop Adi sharing about his marital uh, issues that are too comfort in. The reason I brought that in is to bring to your mind that Abraham's faith that we all want to learn from, it, there was a progression. There was a progress, there was a journey and, and, and to that we are all invited, okay? So contrary to hope he believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken so shall your descendants be. Hallelujah. Amen. So shall your descendants be. And now it says, not being weak in faith. So right there, there's a clue. Right there, there's a clue. It says that not being weak in faith. It means that faith can be what? Weak or what? Strong. Strong. But the good news is that you may start with weak faith, but you don't have to remain in weak faith if you fix your eyes on the promise especially what is mentioned in verse 21 or verse 22. He did not consider his own body. The King James said he considered not his own body. I mean, some translates that he considered his body. Well, either way, he did not ignore his body. He knew that his body was as good as death, but he didn't let that dictate to him. He didn't let that physical reality dictate to him the, full, the, the outcome of his life between his body and the deadness of Sarah's womb both of which are physical realities. He looked at it, he looked at it. He didn't just ignore, he looked at it, but he said, look, I'm gonna look beyond this. I'm gonna look beyond this because there is something else outside of this world. There is someone else outside of this circumstance. There is another word that is beyond my body, that is stronger, that evidence of the word that God has given me, the evidence of it is much stronger and it has greater efficacy. It has greater effect. It has greater outcome. I choose to place my faith in that word. I am not denying that I am feeling something in my body. I don't even feel drawn to Sarah anymore. I mean, I don't even feel that the wires have been disconnected. Sometimes the wires have been, if you understand what I mean, for the wires to be disconnected for a man. It's a very serious thing. It's a very serious thing. Pray about it. Pray about it. You get it. And then, and then also the buttons in uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, Sister Sarah? To the buttons are off. 
The bad uh, things that are supposed to bring activate something are also up. So both hey. situations, both situations are is what you call a hopeless situation. Mm. But but that, that is what sometimes in many instances in our life, that's where we come to. So so acknowledging that does not mean you don't have faith. But acknowledging that is like, okay, this is what it is. But the big question is, where are we going to dwell? Are we going to fix our eyes on the promise of God and the word of God and believe that the word of God is higher than what you are going through? As you will soon discover, it didn't come in a day for Abraham. He wasn't always strong. But you see, that's why I'm calling it a progression. Okay? It's a progression. You see, one of the reasons why, uh, Sister Elizabeth, one of the reasons why we believe that the Bible is true is the word of God. Is that when God was writing it through the Holy Spirit, through the man he chose to write it, he did not hide the low points and the high points. I mean, from the high, he did not hide some of the stories that will make you cringe. He did not hide. If you are writing a story about your favorite man, Abraham, the father of faith, you would hide the moments of embarrassment and scandal. You hide it. You don't want to. You don't. You wouldn't want to bring, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, something that would seem to be disgracing him. But you see, God was not thinking about to promote Abraham and his image. God's ultimate agenda is to promote his mercy and his grace and his glory that is unleashed or released to mortal men who have fallen from grace, who are being invited into the strength and the might and the work, completed work of Christ to bring us out of our low doldrums onto a higher ground. So therefore, God is not ashamed to show the force of Abraham or of David or of Adam or any of his heroes. This is, it's the human beings, we hide these things, but the truth of God's word is that he, he exposed it all. That's why Bishop Adi was not ashamed to share his, uh, his, his things. Because the Bible said by his stripes, we are healed. So the stripes of Christ is healed. So also, if your stripes, if you can expose your back and show your weakness, maybe it will heal somebody. Amen. Are you there? Amen. So we, 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 I, will, I, I will develop that another time when I'm preaching to uh, some of you who will soon be uh, teaching a lot of people. When I'm preaching to you, preachers and teachers. Okay. Amen. Are you listening Amen. to me? Yes. So listen to me. He was not weak. He was not weak in faith, but that gives a clue that faith can be weak, but then it can grow. Go to verse twenty. He did not waver at the promise of God. This is why the King James said he did not stagger. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith. So you see, look at it. You see, those of you who did uh, um, languages or some type of language was strengthened. It's, it's like, it's, it's like uh, it's using a reflective uh, construction of the verb. He was strengthened. So the fact that he was strengthened means that th there was a time he didn't have the strength, but strength came to him. If you understand yeah. the, the, the way it's said, uh, he was strengthened in faith. It means that he probably began weak in faith, but then along the way, he was strengthened. So now, if your faith is weak, that's not the end of the story. That's not the end of your life. You can be strengthened in faith. And when you are strengthened in faith, then you can give glory to God in the midst of your uncertainties, disappointments, disillusionment, 
when you don't know the left from the right or where the answer is, but you know Jesus is the answer, but Jesus is the answer, is the, is the faith you have, but between that faith and its manifestation, there's still a gap you still need to cover. And in covering that gap, you don't sit there and cry every day, but you continue to confess the promise of God. You continue to declare the word of God. You continue to say, I will not be like this forever. You look at me today, you are looking at the prophecy. The way you see me today is not the end of my life. You, you, may, yeah. not look, you may not look it. You may not look the path, but you can be it. You may not look the path, but because of what God has declared, the word of God then becomes a prophecy to you. You look at the word like a vision in front of you. You look at your life, not looking at your, the way you look, but you look at what God has said about the believer. The Bible says, mark the believer. So then you are strengthened in faith, and therefore you are able to give glory to God. You are able to praise God and worship God. If only we can praise and worship God when everything is working well, then that's very easy. The reason why when we read Psalm 107, it called it the sacrifice of thanksgiving. The reason why it's a sacrifice is that things, some things are not working right, not working well. Some things don't call for celebration. Some things don't call for, um, you know, uh, happiness or being happy or, or, or even to be, be able to give thanks. But then you have learned that you are serving a living God, a God whose word never fails, even though it doesn't appear to have materialized in your life. You choose not to dwell on the fact that it has delayed. You rather fix your eyes on God. You look at the great Abba Father and you look at his word and you say, he loves me too much to make me fail. He loves me too much to leave me in this state. And his word will come to pass. As Job said, that I will see, he said that I will see, I will see the Lord. He said, my, my, my body would arise in the land of the living. Job, even in his state, was looking forward to a day. He, Job believed that even if he died in his sickness, he believed that he would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We need to now leap out. We need to leap out of our natural, physical uh, uh, realm. And we need to now launch into the eyes with prophetic eyes, with eyes of faith, and to see the invisible. How can we see the invisible? By fixing our eyes on the Lord. By fixing our eyes on both the person of Jesus and on the written <laughs> scriptures. Amen. The scriptures. You see, you see, there are three S's. There are three S's that are that, that, that are, are, are one, but manifested in three ways. You have the Son, who is Jesus Christ. Is that not so? Yeah. yeah. Then you have the the Spirit. Then you have the scriptures. And the connection between the two, the Son, who is Jesus Christ. And there's and the and the and there's and the um spirit right. who is you know we can relate to Jesus Christ because he came to walk the earth, he's like one of us. But the spirit is that is the is the invisible form that you, you is difficult to visualize. Nobody has seen the shape and form of the spirit. We know the shape and form of Christ, even right now. Jesus is seated at the right hand of God as a man, so you can visualize him, but the spirit is difficult to visualize how the spirit looks like. So then, how do you connect Jesus Christ, the Son of God, also the Son of Man? How do you connect him with the script, uh, with, with the Spirit, who is who, who you cannot describe? The connection is the inspirational word. The scripture is 
is what it, the, the scripture is what is inspired by the spirit of God. So therefore, the living word, the person, the word of God becomes flesh, Jesus Christ, and the spirit of God, the two of them intersect in the word, in the written word that we read. So when you read the scriptures and you read the promises of God, which are all in the scripture, it is actually a commingling of mm. the life of the Son of God, the life of the Spirit of God. You, we, we intersect in the scriptures. So the scriptures must become very important to you. Amen. Jesus said, the word that I speak, they are spirit and their life. The, the promise of God in the word becomes food to your soul, becomes fuel for your life, becomes the reason why you refuse to stagger. Let's go to verse 21. What is the secret for not staggering? Verse 21. Being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. What he had promised, he was also able to perform. How can he be so convinced? Because of who gave the promise? Because of who did what? Gave yeah. the promise. It is the, it is the, it is the, like, like, think of credit. They have made degrees of credit. So if your, your credit score is beyond, uh, above a certain number, they say your credit is good. Yeah. If it is below a certain number, mm -hmm. they say your credit is bad. And even in the good category, they have good and they are very good. They have excellent. Yeah. They are using a certain criteria to describe Based on this credit, people are willing to lend you money. They don't know you from Adam. Is that not so? Yeah. yeah. So, so that is how we have the word credibility. Credibility. You are reliable, believable. Now, if human beings can be given attributes that they are credible, now take that. Multiply it to the millionth degree. This, go dwell on verse 21, please. This is the reason why we are being invited to stagger not because God has promised and the promises of God by the grace of God next week we will read some of the promises of God which are so fantastic in fact it looks like it's, it looks like how can this be I mean this is this is totally crazy how can God give such a promise I mean it looks impossible it looks so impossible look at Abraham so now I just want you to picture that the word of God, the word of God, the scriptures, it was God breathed. It is by the spirit of God. When you are reading the word of God, it is not pages of scripture. It is not pages of black ink you are reading. It is God breathed. There is a, there is a power and a mystery behind it. There, there is a there, there, there is a an invisible beyond the narrative there's something else going on and in fact when you read the scripture even even the even the um is it this week or was it last week I was listening to the birthing of the birthing of sons to Jacob and how how while Rachel and and Leah and Bill ha and what's the other one's name? You know, the, the, the concubine. Forget the other name. Bill ha and so the, the, there were two concubines 
one one from um, root root and one from one from um, you can remove the as scripture for now. Um, the, the, I, I don't know. But I mean, we, we can find that later. If you know, you can tell me. Like Jacob had two wives, and he had extra. He had a bonus, a bonus from each. Uh, like a handmaiden was thrown in. The handmaiden became like a quasar wife, if you like. So, but in the birthing of the children, the way the children were named. Okay, because you know the story. You know the story how Jacob, his true preferred wife was Rachel. And Leah was kind of added through a trickery uh, connection. And he had to live with Leah. But God also de uh, decided to let Leah have children and not Rachel. Do you see? So when Leah had her firstborn, uh, he was named Reuben. The Lord has given me a son. And then when she had her second born, second born was who? Simeon. And then when he had everyone that she had, then she would say something, then that becomes the name. So the third born was called Levi. You know, I was thinking about that, Ms. Eugene. I said, well, did, did you guys plan it? Because Levi was the third son born to Leah. Wow. Okay. And, and you two, your Levi is the third son. Wow. And, and, okay. and, and he said that, he said that. Now my husband will be joined to me because I've given him a third son. So Levi, so what, what Leah said, what Leah said that she's being called Levi because my husband will be joined to me, you know, prophetically turned out to mean Levi will be joined to the Lord. So among the tribes of, uh, of, of, of Israel, among the 12, 12 sons, do you see? Among the 12 sons, Levi, the Levitical tribe is the what God chose to become the priesthood. So what appears to be somebody's giving birth and saying things like that right. is actually prophecy in it. Amen. You got it. So you see, if you think deeply about it and you walk with God, my dear friend, life is not as it seems. The, the, what appear, appears as circumstantial things happening in your life, if you walk so closely with God, none of these things are just happening stance because there is there is there is the, the what you call the the the, the um, ancient um, ancient people call it providence providence that there is the providential invisible hand of God in your life yeah. and then when Leah had her fourth child she said now my husband will praise me and then he was called Judah okay and Judah was called pray, uh, pray. he that is praised but prophetically when the people of God are going to, when they are carrying the, this thing, the Judah will go first. Judah will, the, the people from the tribe of Judah were to lead the procession and they were singing praises. So what Leah just said in passing and named, the son was called Judah, actually became something that was happening. Do you get it? Are you listening to me? Yeah. So yeah. what I'm saying is that when we read the scriptures, there is a, there is a prophetic element to it that you need okay. to grasp, which is also a whole other message. But I need you to understand that as we face our eyes on the journey of the faith of Abraham, I want us not to lose sight of the moments of his lowness and his highness. Mm -hmm. That should be encouragement to us. That's where I'm going to land. 
So now, in Genesis 12, God calls Abraham and gave him fantastic promises. Leave your country, go to a land I will show you. Abraham obeys. Okay? I'm just going to trace, I'm just going to trace from Genesis, quickly from Genesis 12 to 18. As we talk about Abraham growing in faith, not being weak in faith, stranded in faith, I want to relate that to your journey and my journey. I want to relate that to how, how to stagger not. You staggered yesterday, but you are not the first one to stagger. So don't sit there. Don't have a pity party and dwell there. You staggered yesterday, but Abraham also staggered. But the scripture is giving us an overall summary of the life of Abraham. A good summary from God's perspective is talking about how you ended up the journey. Abraham ended up well. He has challenges in the way, but he ended up well. So Genesis 12, he has the promise, right? Genesis 13, I believe is when a uh, lot left him. Genesis 14, I believe is when he had to go and rescue Lot. Genesis 15 is when Abraham got to, came to God and said, you know, you've been promising me for a long time. When are you going to do it? I mean, he didn't quite say it that way, but in essence, that's what he said. Because he said, look, you said I'm going to have an offspring. And, and, and now I don't have a child. I'm getting old. Genesis 15, if you read it. And then, and, and then he said, now all my belongings are going to, he, he, he said that, I don't have an heir. This Eliezer of Damascus, who was, I think, his chief servant, he is the one going to be my heir. That's what Abraham was saying. He was telling the Lord, you see, let us not, let us, we can fake it, we can fake it before human beings. But I have learned by studying the patriarchs, by studying the lives of the patriarchs, to just be real with God. When you are frustrated, you are frustrated. When you are angry, you are angry. When you are losing faith, go to the Lord. Lord, I'm struggling. Do you get it? Don't be like the aeroplane pilot who was lost in bad weather and didn't know where they were going. And the control tower said, where are you? Are you, you seem to be going round and round and round. Where are you headed? He said, I, I know what I'm doing. I'm only temporarily disoriented. Because this pilot was waiting for the weather to be clear. No, the control tower is there to show you where to pass. Just don't deny the fact that you are lost. Say, I'm lost, so that they can show you. So when, before men, we may not want to show our weakness, but before God, let's be real. Because mm. when you show your weakness, then God's strength will come. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So Abraham went to God in, in, in Genesis 15 that this Eliezer of Damascus is going to be my hair. And the Lord said, no, it shall not be your hair. And the Lord said that you, out of your body, will come a son. So you see, there are moments of weakness in faith, but it is re-strengthened as we come to God, as we come to God and own up our weakness and God will reinforce it. The thing that happens is that we don't come to God and we don't let God in, into our struggles. We don't, so, so inside we talk to people and people, People who do not have the perspective of faith or the word of God or promise, they're only going to re-describe back to you how bad it is. Mm. So that you're going to keep hearing how bad it is. Instead of talking to God, talking to people, let's talk to God. So the Lord reinforced Abraham's faith. I'm showing you the journey that Abraham took. It didn't just like he was strong all the time. He, he went through a progression. 
And the Lord strengthened him back in uh, Genesis 15. Okay. And then Genesis 16, his faith went down again. And Sarah, Sarah uh, said, you know what? After all, the Lord said, out of your body shall come uh, a son. So if it's out of your body, then why not go and sleep with Hagar? And, and then you have a child on my lap. Because it was customary. You know, don't be too quick to condemn Sarah or Abraham. It was customary. It was, it was the, the, the order of the day. You know? And, and don't say that you, you wish you were born back in the day. Okay? <laughs> so, so, because you know what happened after Hagar was born? There was, there was a family problem in the house. But, but what I'm saying is that just in Genesis 15, God has come to strengthen Abraham's faith. Right? But by the time we come to Genesis 16, his faith was weak again. If his faith was strong, tell me, if his faith was strong, when Sarah came with that suggestion, what would he say? Say no. He would say no. You know, I'm still trusting God with the promise that he gave. Maybe, maybe there was a little, maybe there was a little exchange, you know. Maybe there was a little exchange. He said, I believe in God. And, and Sarah looked at his face and said, Really? I mean, it was it was back and forth. at a point he gave in. It's like it's like when you are trying to give money to somebody. I don't know whether you've tried it before. Mm-hmm. You're trying to give money to somebody, and then they say, "Oh, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay." You know, sometimes they are testing you whether you really want to give it. <laughs> so I want to give you, especially if you visit your um, maybe elderly person, a relative in the village or something. Oh, we know that you've been you you have a lot of things on your hands, and they say, oh, "No, no, I want you to have it." I wanted to have it. So no, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, even with me and my mom, it has happened. Now, sometimes my mom, will, when I was younger, my mom would ask me to do a work. And then I would, I would do it and I would do it beyond what she was asking. And, and she said, oh, I want to give you uh, money. I said, mom, I can't collect money. I, I can't be paid by you. I mean, you are my mom. And then she, she, would, she would say, oh, but it, 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 it's me who is giving to you. It's not like I'm paying you. And you see that after a little resistance, finally, I'll collect it into my pocket, do you see? Mm-hmm. So this is what happened, the nego- there must have been some negotiation between, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, Abraham and, and, and Sarah. But at a point, Abraham said, I think you have a point, I think you are, I think God gave you a prophetic word. I think this is coming from the Lord, you see? Mm-hmm. But the reality is that his faith had weakened. I'm showing you that Abraham didn't just rise up with a superior faith. His faith grew through swings of ups and downs. So Genesis 16, Ishmael's situation comes, Hagar and Ishmael, now they have to deal with it. You see, by Genesis 17, the Bible says, the Lord visits Abraham again. You see, as you look at this story, in every story, there are characters, right? Just in go and story, brush your teeth. In this story, hey. three main characters, God, Abraham, and Sarah. Better get in there and brush your teeth. The, these are the main are actors, right? In every movie, in every story, they are the main actors, God, Abraham, and Sarah. Then you, you have some people called the supporting cast. Is that not so? Supporting mm-hmm. cast. The supporting cast is Hagar and Ishmael <laughs> and Eliezer of Damascus. These are supporting cast. So, so now focusing on the main actors, okay, putting aside the supporting cast, Ishmael and the others. Genesis 17, God comes again. Now, God being the main actor in the whole story, get down. one of the things you learn, can you meet your phone? One of the things you can learn is that God is very patient. God will work with you. God, it's like you're going to buy something from somebody you buy things from all the time. You know, back in the day, uh, in Kumasi, when I used to go and transact business at the at the central market. Do you get it? 
Sometimes I, I'm going to buy some things. I, I'll go to sell some things. And, 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 and then the, the price that they want to give you is not uh, the price you want. But if they are somebody who buys stuff from you all the time, and they say, things are hard these days. In this, in this uh, pandemic time, things are hard. Then they have a time they will say, I will work with you. Have you heard that expression before? Mm. I will work with you. I will yeah. consider your weakness. I will work yeah. with you. Now, I want you to understand that that is how God is like. Amen. God worked with Abraham in his weakness. So in Amen. Genesis 17, God comes down. In spite of the Ishmael situation, God did not, did not abandon Abraham. And God comes and says, you know what? I'm still going to work with you, but there's going to be one little requirement. What is the requirement? There is something called circumcision. Mm -hmm. The covenant I'm going to institute with you, every male child born in your household will need to be circumcised. That's the covenant between you and me that is going to seal the promise. God, Abraham said, why didn't you tell me long ago? Because now that I'm, I'm 99, because at that time it was 99, I mean, it would have been easier if I was 75 and I'm going to cut some things off. So the Lord said, look, you know something? <laughs> every eight, every every child eight days old will have to be circumcised, which means the foreskin of your penis will be taken away by the wansom scissors. Do you understand what I'm talking about? <laughs> now, Abraham said, oh, that sounds like a great idea. Look, you mean when my son is born, then eight days it will be uh, it will be circumcised. The Lord said, "No, no, 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 no." Starting with everyone who is already existing, it's okay. Wow. You mean the younger ones among us? The Lord said, "Yes, <laughs> everyone young among us, but you two, you are included." What? Mm. By that time, Ishmael was thirteen years old. Abraham was 90, 99 years old, and the Lord said, "Every male is to be circumcised." MSUG. One of the things that surprised me about Abraham is that. On the day the Lord told him that, Abraham did a circumcision. I wonder who did it, whether Sarah did it or who, who, who did the circumcision for Abraham, because it's difficult to do it on yourself. You hey, get it? Not but at it all. surprised me, the, obe the speed of obedience. Because some of us, we will say we are waiting for, what do you call it, uh, something to sharpen the knife. It is going to come from Syria. We have we've ordered it. And due to coronavirus, it's taking a long time. Import export is slowed down. We are yeah. waiting for something to sharpen the knife. Or we are waiting for something. Abraham did a circumcision on himself the same day. He did that on um, Ishmael. And then he did that on every, including Eliezer of Damascus. Everyone, Eliezer of Damascus can ask Abraham, you saw the vision. I didn't see the vision. Go and circumcise yourself. What are you talking about? Abraham said, everybody in this house in this will be circumcised. He did it immediately, not even the next day. Immediate obedience. So it's not surprising. Genesis 18. The Lord and two angels visit Abraham. That's when the Lord said, look, uh, what do you call it? Uh, a, a, a year from now, or according to the, 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 the natural order, one, by this time uh, uh, next year, according to natural, which means nine months from now, Sarah will have a child. That's when Sarah laughed. And, and, and God, God said, why did you laugh? So Genesis 17, circumcision is instituted. Abraham does it immediately. Genesis 18, the Lord um, visits him and then promises Isaac was going to be born. But you will see that, like all of us, Abraham has strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. Do you get it? Yes. He is quick to obey. He is quick to confess his weakness before the Lord. He receives strength. 
he is influenced by a significant other to do the wrong thing or to find a shortcut, but he is quick also to rise up and God does not give up on him and he responds to God. This mm. is the journey of faith, my dear friend. There are ups and downs. There are times you ask yourself, am I even a believer? No, don't quit. There are times you ask yourself, God has probably abandoned me. No, don't quit. Because the people that we read about, they are human like you and I. Mm. And if God worked with them, God will work with us. Mm. May God give us this grace to persist so that we will not stagger. We will fall, but we will rise again because we mm. fix our eyes on the promise and the word of God, believing that what God has said is we are convinced he's also able to fulfill it. Amen. Let that be our guide in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Let us pray as we bring our offering to the Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for what you've done for us. We pray that we, my Lord, will live the promise with the promise in front of us. And in this view, we look forward to the redemption not only of our souls, but the redemption of your own reputation in the earth among the children of God, that we will not forever remain drawers of water and hewers of wood, that the unbelievers will have reason to laugh at us. We invite you that as we give our offerings and our tithes, that you would empower us. Your word says it is you who gives us the power to make wealth. Make us generate ideas, witty inventions, business ideas, the ability to, 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 to do something that will bring wealth to the kingdom. Mm -hmm. Let that be our portion, dear Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you. Amen. Amen. Amen.